Why are we so triggered and vilified by influencers starting businesses? Instagram has had such a change since 2010. So like when we used to want to gift someone, we would have to write a comment on their page and be like, hi, I'm Erin from Triangle. It's kind of like going into this big stadium and like having to find your friends when there's 100,000 people in there. It's like, that's what a brand does. They go in and they're like, I don't know where anything is. Like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Influencers are just famous beggars, which is really nice. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That was a comment that someone put on my Mark Boris podcast and I was like, ooh, savage. So on the weekend, you went to the Grand Prix? Yeah, I did. How was I that? I did. I went, it was my first Melbourne Grand Prix, actually. Um, first Melbourne. First Melbourne, yeah. <laughs> well, because I lived in Monaco and the, well, yeah, the Mon- I mean, the Monaco Grand Prix, I, my apartment was above Corner One. So I went to that by default because I lived there, um, which was amazing, amazing. They shut the city down from like January, though, oh, for, wow. a May, for a May Grand Prix. Because it's the road of the town, they have to put all the barricades up to protect everyone on the side and all the houses. And it's like a whole thing. It's crazy. But I went to the Melbourne one on Sunday. Much, um, much of an easier production to set up, I imagine, around the lake. Uh, it was amazing. I went um, with, I got invited with Ritz Carlton. I never really go to events or do anything, but I went to this one because I was like, well, it's the Grand Prix. And it was actually so insanely cool. It was really nice weather as well. Amazing weather. We were guests of, of, of Ritz Carlton and Mercedes Patronus. And so we were like in the proper, like we, we, we got to talk to Lewis Hamilton at the start. Your neighbor. Yeah, my old neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> my old neighbor who I never met and never saw. That's fine. Whatever. And it was really cool. It was really cool. There were three red flags, which is exciting at the start of a race, but it ended with a safety car. So that was a bit disappointing. Also, I didn't realize that the Red Bulls are actually faster than any other car on the track by like a second. And even Lewis said at the start that they, they're not, their cars aren't fast. And so they had to kind of get like the only way they were going to win is through kind of, I guess, a bit of a technicality or something happening like red flags essentially because the Red Bull engines are the quickest. It's actually so much politics and drama yeah. around the Grand Prix, Formula Ones. What about that? What's that Netflix show? Have you watched that? Drive, drive, to, drive um, to Survive? No, I haven't watched Drive to Survive actually, although I do know Toto and Gunther and they're like the two kind of main Mercedes guys or I don't know if, uh, yeah, they are. And I saw Toto. I was actually so excited. I He was like talking just below us. And so I was watching and then I was like, oh my God, I better record this and send it to people. And I got him just as he was walking away. Oh yeah, you popped it on your story. Like, yeah, oh, my yeah, 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 yeah. I don't actually watch that show yet. I should because apparently it's amazing. Yeah, and I what it's to. done is so smart in terms of PR for the Formula One cars and the the whole, you know, business going into the States because it's now really big over there because the show was big. Whereas Formula One was never really a big deal in the States the way it is in the rest of the world or as much. But it's it's in Miami now, Formula One. I think it's the next one they go to and apparently it's sick. Like it's a we'll really break cool. that down in our marketing episode. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, yeah, a big business like F1s. I mean, the whole Formula One thing's insane. It is like very political. It's very much wealthy families. Um, it's actually an incredible story about Lewis Hamilton and how he got to where he got because he came from absolute lower class, like poor poverty and worked his way out through sheer, sheer determination. It's an incredible story, actually, which we should talk about another day when we, I don't know when, maybe I'm I'll have sure Lewis on one day. Maybe I'll be like, <laughs> yo, neighbor, what's up? <laughs> All right. This episode, this episode, this episode of... Drive to survive. <laughs> no, we're breaking down the birth of the influencer and that transition from blogger to influencer. We're going to talk all about influencers. And this is obviously something that I just... Erin's um, bread and butter. It's my bre- Well, it was my bread and butter at Triangle. And it's just the most interesting industry in the way that it kind of came about. Well, actually, you have a bit of a timeline. So I want to say it only came about in the last 10 years, but it's actually influencing and, and the origins of... It actually dates back to seven. 1960, I'll have you know. <laughs> All right, hit me. Hit me with a timeline. I've, I've got my fact sheet over okay, here. Okay, I want to know. Right. The dawn of the Instagrammer, influencer, content creator. Mm. It's had a couple of like iterations of its name because it wasn't, even though I know you'll get into this, it wasn't influencer back in my day. Back in the triangle days, that wasn't even a term. Didn't exist at all. yet. Didn't exist. But this particular story, the first widely acknowledged influencer collaboration, yes, as I said, dates back to about 1760 when Wedgwood first made a tea set 
for the wife of King George III. Uh, royalty were the influence of that era, and Wedgwood quickly marketed his brand as having royal approval that afforded afforded it such luxury status that the brand is still considered fit for a king or queen today. Yeah, see, that's amazing. And that's the whole thing, right? Like, yes, the platform of Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and Twitter, they're new, but the whole influencer, influential content creator, all of this has been around forever, mm-hmm. you know, because it is, it is, it, it's business. It's part of business. It's just an extension of marketing. It's just that in the last 10 years, it's been this extension of marketing via a person. Back then it was, it was more traditional. Like it was an actor or it was like someone on a TV TV ad that was, well, yeah, an actor or a celebrity or, you know, now it's like a real person And of course this is all before social media existed. Yeah, and- exactly. So it's just like this, it's it's so, it's such a, you know, we we, we got on really early with it um, through Instagram, but it has been around. It's actually like I have to think about what was influential before Instagram and before social media and it's like. Well, fast forward, <laughs> fast forward to. Well, I will let you know. 2005, YouTube is born. Yes. Yeah, and then in 2020. 2010, uh, Vogue began to embrace the blogger influencer movement and Mark Holgate, the senior fashion writer at Vogue, said that the phrase blogger was not something talked about in polite circles at Vogue. Yeah. Right. So even 2010. Yes, it's so it's so interesting because it's, you know, like, I mean, so when I was growing up and when social media kind of first came about, Mm -hmm. it was Facebook, MySpace and then blogs. And so Facebook, MySpace was community driven. It was just friends to friends, peers to peers. You didn't really have have anyone on there that you didn't know mm-hmm. and then anyone that you looked up to and that you sort of sort of aspired to be they were a blogger and they had their own blog and so that was you know Ormi Song, Kiara Ferrani, uh, Elle Ferguson in Australia they, everyone had blogs and so they were Leandra Cohen or Leandra Medine she was back then Man Repeller blogs and I love blogs and I actually still miss blogs because it was basically Instagram but in a in a more long form kind of style and this is more this is before we were using our phones so to look at blogs it was on your computer screen and so you would look at their posts and it was I mean it was essentially Instagram on a on a computer because I used to follow food blogs and I used to follow travel blogs and everyone had a blog and so then it got condensed into this social media thing and these bloggers that were originally bloggers back then you know they would they were they had to work really hard to even get accepted back then let alone then when Instagram came around and everything got like on these tiny little tiles and they had to then they basically like I always say these like these bloggers turned influencers turned content creators turned whatever they went into after that have had to work so hard at all these evolving landscapes Mm -hmm. harder than a lot of people in these spaces have ever had to work before because technology was just like oh let's like do this let's like let's take the blogs and let's take this and let's condense it into one app and Instagram was born off that it was so genius because it was like oh now we don't have to have you know I used to have like tabs of blogs on my on my desktop like and I would have like 20 open and I would you know and I would check them and I would have them favorited and I would get the notification when there was a new blog but I would be checking them so to have Instagram kind of come in where you were like oh I can now digest that easily mm-hmm. and Instagram was like the behind the scenes of that it ended up becoming all it was it ended up taking everything away from those those pages and they all moved solely onto Instagram but originally it was sort of more of a, a behind the scenes snippet that these people kind of got on saying oh I'll share more of my daily life and I'll share this so you know Instagram has had such a change since 2010 as well in the sense of where it started well, and remember where when it is stories now. got introduced when it, it was just solely posts and then you could do stories. no I remember that because that was during the and it was like oh my god a triangle it was like, I mean a triangle was around when there was no private messages mm-hmm. so the only way to contact people was through comments on Instagram so like when we used to want to give someone we would have to write a comment on oh their page god. and be like hi I'm Erin from Triangle <laughs> and I want to get in touch can you let me know your email and like or can you email me and I would put my email oh, down and they publicly post their email address if they're some would to. Well, it depended on who they were. If they weren't, I would always change it based on whether they had any kind of profile or not. So that, Kim at the that was kind of why we had to do an organic sort of marketing push because you were never going to have your comments seen on a more well-known page. So micro-influencers were the only way to get in touch. And if you ever emailed anyone directly, like one of the bloggers that had a profile, emailing was basically like officially saying like, I want to collaborate or I want to do a sponsored post. It was like not as casual and not as like laid back. But Instagram's had so many changes. And I do want to talk about influencers on Instagram because I don't really, I'm still not into TikTok. It's a totally other space for me. Um, I think that content creators on TikTok, they often cross over, but it is a very different space and it's still quite new and it's just another kind of level to the chaos on there. 
it's very different. Again, it's probably actually what, like I, when people say to me, oh, TikTok's more like a casual, like laid back. I'm like, that's how Instagram started. So it'd be so interesting to watch TikTok evolve and watch Insta- like all of these pages evolve. Like it, go, it went from Facebook to Instagram to TikTok and what's next? It's like crazy. It's like so interesting to have lived through all of this and to be observing it and to see this like rise and rise of an influencer or an Instagrammer and kind of get to the point where we are now where we're like, where are we, like what's happening? Like what's next? It's like, what are we looking at? It also shifted like pre-Instagram when it was Facebook and MySpace when you would follow someone. It wasn't a matter of adding them as a friend, you know, on Facebook and Instagram. You either like the page or you now follow. You can you can follow everyone on Instagram. It's Yeah, exactly. It's way more, it's way, uh, it's way more anonymous. It's way more, you know, of a, of a I guess it's like it, it lent to having more of a, what's what I'm looking for a little more of that like celebrity dynamic in that totally. sense because you didn't have to know them but at the same time you do kind of feel like you know them a bit like if I if I comment on some like you know someone's page for something and some celebrities commented there too you kind of have this feeling like oh I'm actually so close to you because you imagine them like writing a comment on the same page that you are and you're like we're like the same it's got this weird false sense of connection Instagram when really it kind of isn't that at all but it has been built in that way which I I think is why influencers and content creators and the whole space is getting really, really jumbled and almost a bit muddy at the moment in terms of like, where are we going with it and what's what's coming next? Yeah. And in 2011, that's when Snapchat was born. That That's what came after Instagram, Snapchat. And Kylie Jenner was huge on uh, Snapchat. It yeah. was like the Kylie Jenner effect, you could call it, not to be confused with the Kendall Jenner effect. <laughs> yeah. She was all over Snapchat. And then there was some redesign with Snapchat. And after she had said she was no longer using the app after the revamp. Their market value went down 1.3 billion. That's how much, that's how big of an effect that Kylie had on Snapchat. Yeah, right. I mean, I was never a big Snapchat person anyway. I'd never really got into it too much. It was around during the early Triangle days. Obviously, it wasn't. What well, I think the reason why it was never able to go anywhere is because no brand or business was ever able to use it. And I think that's mm-hmm. where Instagram really got its its traction and where it really became this absolute juggernaut is because it very quickly went. We're actually going to be better. For businesses. We're actually going to be really good for brands here. Let's focus on that. Let's really like make that our thing. Or the community said, let's make that our thing as well. You know, Snapchat didn't have that. It's how, like how to differentiate it's like, like be real. It's like everyone's like, oh, everyone go on be real. It's like no one's gonna do that because we're not we're not digesting anything there. Like Instagram has everyone, and TikTok sure has that business brand sense as well, but TikTok's very chaotic and it's not able to allow for independent critical thinking in the way that I think Instagram is slow and able to kind of digest and absorb. I just think Instagram have so nailed everything they've done since launch and it'll be so interesting to see where it goes and what their plans are. And I I often think about, I just want to like know what the plans are. I don't think they actually even know because I follow Adam Masseri and they're testing things and trialing things and they know what they have and what they're holding on to and they're also navigating it whilst the landscape and dynamic changes. But that's that's why Snapchat, I think. It was like, sure, Kylie killed it a little bit, but it was going to die anyway because it just wasn't wasn't able to be used for businesses and that's why Instagram has been able to grow and grow and grow because it's opened up this accessibility for everything for an individual for a business for a brand for a movement for a charity for a TV show for you know like Mm -hmm. every single thing is on there that can be digested by us and absorbed by us it's going to be very very hard for something to come and take Instagram away you're right nothing survived Instagram because I know I remember when Kylie jumped off Snapchat, she went onto Vine, which had no, a bit like Be Real had no purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's other things that'll work and there's Discord and there's other ways to like refine your community and hone in your community. But Instagram is still the be all and end all Mm -hmm. in my eyes and I think in everyone else's eyes. And even like young girls that I speak to that are sort of 17, 18, they're, they're on TikTok a lot, but they're still very, very much on Instagram. Whereas I feel that once Instagram came around for me, I abandoned Facebook because I was like, that doesn't, so that that's like a similar thing, but Instagram's doing it better. Mm-hmm. I don't think TikTok is replacing Instagram in that way because TikTok have just like sped up the absorption rate, like, you know, like that content is so, so rapid fire. And Instagram is slower, but still got the same vibe, the same image led, small kind of bits of information. And so it's just really, really smart. And I think that's why influencers are still, you know, the original ones are still around 
There's new ones that have come in. There's still all this buzz and hype around the influencer because it is still the biggest platform in the world for an inf- for a person or a brand to want to sit on. And there is also really no other alternative at the moment in this space. So people, I feel when it comes to influencers, it's still a bit like, not a still, but it's moving into this like, well, what? is next like where do I go what do I do you know Instagram is so much more saturated brands influencers the messaging the tone you know we were so fortunate at Triangle and I know we'll get to this but we were so fortunate to be able to you know run off the back and ride the wave of Instagram's growth while we were growing mm-hmm. that doesn't happen anymore but people still see that there are really, really great gains to have as a brand, as an individual, and it's just working out how to get there and why and what to absorb and what do I want to use Instagram for too. Mm -hmm. At the moment, we're absorbing it for everything. So it's not like I can say, well, I'm just going to use Instagram for this. I'm still literally looking at it for everything Everything. I do. You can shop on there, the news. Everything. And so, it's all tailored to you. Yeah, I really think it's up to Instagram to um, categorise it a bit better for us. Mm-hmm. I think that will be what they will eventually do. Because at the moment it's like maybe it goes back into that way of like a separation where there's a fashion and a food and a community and a this. Because that's kind of where I feel that it's a bit it's a bit disjointed at the moment and then it will allow for brands and businesses and influencers to be able to kind of have their place and have their space rather than go into this like, you know, It's kind of like going into this big stadium and like having to find your friends when there's a hundred thousand people in there. It's like, that's what a brand does. They go in and they're like, I don't know where anything is. Like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Like I see the stage is there and it's big and it's bright lights and I want to get to that. But like, I don't know, you know, it's all of that. It's like a very, very overwhelming, big, but exciting place still. And navigating it's really, really tricky. And it's not going anywhere. And it's not going anywhere. So it's like, you know, and and, inf- and influencers too, they're not going anywhere. I think they'll probably have another name change, I'm sure. I think they're content creators now anyway. That seems to be the new thing. Um, but, yeah, they're not going anywhere. I think it's just people are getting more switched on, smarter, more aware, and I think that's really important for the next iteration of Instagram and the next iteration of influencers as well. Yeah, totally. You sort of touched on it before um, and it's leading me into my next segment. Yes. Let's talk about your experience, yours and Triangle's experience with influencers or bloggers as yes. they were known by back then. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as I said, we were super fortunate with riding the Instagram wave. So they kind of launched for business at a similar time that we launched our business. Mm-hmm. So influencers for us were just like an absolute no-brainer, you know. We didn't have the money to do any proper PR, maybe any more traditional marketing. Obviously, we were doing that sort of word of mouth marketing and you know what else were we doing we weren't doing any paid marketing we were really just doing that so influencers was just like very very natural for us to go down that path back then it was pretty much the bloggers that were on Instagram and then a bunch of other girls the celebrities were on there a little bit mm-hmm. you know the the Kardashians were around these people were around but we used influencers in a very very core cool way we I guess we were probably more like micro influencers and we built really organic relationships with them over time you know it was never like an objective of ours to kind of build the brand in this way it just sort of happened we were just gifting girls bikinis and then they became influencers so that was sort of because there were no rules back then there wasn't a group of like influencers and I remember and this is gone this came and went but there used to be and there still is talent agencies but back sort of around that time of when Triangle was getting some really good traction there were a lot of really specific sort of Instagram like apps like uh, other apps that were for not talent as such but they were for Instagrammers or influencers or whatever they were called back then to kind of have their place and you would reach out to them and there would be Instagram like there would be people that then you could use for certain collaborations that exists still in a talent agency way Uh but it's more refined now and it's back then it was kind of like a bit of a weird offs like they were like you would sign up and then there were people trying to do apps where you could like you know automatically go onto an app as a business and be like I want a person for for like who's between the ages of this, I want to spend this, and then you'd be given a list of influencers to use. Those never took off and I'm really glad they didn't because I think it was just trying to automate a process that really should be more of an organic process of finding someone that's influential or, you know, finding someone who actually aligns with your brand rather than being... yeah, it's important to do the research 
yeah, yourself. Yeah, but all of this happened because people were like, oh, my God. Like there was no such thing as a social media manager back when we started Triangle and now and now they're now everywhere exists. and now there's people that have like 10 years experience in social media and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> wow, that's pretty insane. Um, like it's just like such a crazy industry in that respect where I've watched it with Triangle become more professional and more formalized. And I've watched influencers and Instagrammers really like never want to own that that was their only role, you know, never want to kind of be like, this is who I am because it was so frowned upon in the real world. I've watched that shift so much from a business level where these people have become mega, mega, mega famous and and like, you know, like starting their own businesses. I know we'll get to this again later, but starting <laughs> their own businesses or working with huge businesses and they're moving into that. And, and that was like watching the work that these people have had to put into it. You know, we all see that side of it where someone just suddenly got 20 million followers and it all looks la-di-da and they go to the, you know, shows and they're front row and they're this. And there's a lot of work that goes into it. I mean, I would never be an influencer. It's a ton of work. It's being on the whole time. It's thinking of everything in your day to be shared. You know, I do enough as it is for what I'm doing, but it's a big, big, big job. And I think that's also another thing that is so crazy because it's all this work and then and you don't even get respected for it anyway because you're on social media and society still hasn't really caught up to this being an acceptable way of marketing. I mean, it has and it hasn't, you know, like it has and and it's getting there, you know, and it really is, but it's still this weird like little thing in the back of your mind being like, oh, she's an influencer. Yeah, everyone sort of, sort of scratches their yeah, head at the term. It was totally. only in the dictionary in 2019. Well, exactly. Influencer. And that's insane because, I mean, it, was, it wasn't like it wasn't the term that was used for a very long time before that but I just think that that really kind of says it in a way of like there's not an acknowledgement of that space and it's also because like that term is for everybody that is in that space so Mm -hmm. you can call Kiara Ferrani a influencer and then you can call the girl that's literally got like 2,000 followers at home an influencer. Yeah, we were talking about this before yeah. you've got, and you've got like celebrities. You've got, you know, Brad Pitt is a celebrity yeah. and then someone from Love Island is exactly. a celebrity. Exactly, and that's like A-list to D-list yeah. and like you get it. But like that is over time that celebrity understanding, you know, realisation has kind of has kind of hit. Social media is not there yet. So we kind of throw, we kind of look at like that bad influencer that's like actually doing it for all the wrong reasons and it's just like has no integrity or whatever it is, you know, and we go, ugh, and then she drags the average down of all the people that are actually doing it as a good, proper job, making a lot of money, doing great things, starting businesses off the back of it, all these great things and you, and then you look at one and you're like, oh, I'm going to tie you all with the same brush. And that's another thing too that just watching it, and I'm guilty of it too, a little bit. Actually, I'm not at all. I'm probably more guilty of like judging the lower rung ones and just being like, like, really? Like, do we, like, like, why? Yeah, it's been tarnished and people sort of steer clear of being labelled an influencer whereas, I don't know, five, ten years ago it was like the biggest compliment ever. Well it was yeah, I mean it was like a really, because it was like it meant that you were aesthetically driven and it meant that you were like wanting to like work for yourself and you. And you were influential. Yeah yeah. well that's the thing right, like you were you were influential back then, like it was like that was why, it was like these regional bloggers had a real drive and a real, you know a real energy about them and they wanted to do something and they got that traction and then it translated into Instagram and then you see it's translated into the real world and they have these big presences and these big energies and I really think that an influencer you know going forward needs and should have that it's like if you're Brad Pitt or you're an A-list celebrity you have that magnetism you have that energy it's like you can't fake that on this online and then offline be like I always say this and I know it's probably like a mean thing but I really do like believe it it's like if you online are all like amazing and you look fantastic and you've got this big kind of like great lighting, great makeup and you're talking a big game and you're all like dressed up or whatever it is and then you're that person that just like can't turn ahead in real life or walks into a room with your head down and doesn't engage with anyone. Like if you saw Brad Pitt walk into a room, I keep referencing Brad Pitt, I don't know why, he's just the A-lister I think, of Leonardo DiCaprio, George Clooney, thinking all men here, Meryl Streep, <laughs> Julia Roberts. Like if they walk into a room, they literally light a fucking room up. Turn heads. They they actually do. They're not, they're not, they don't have to be 10 foot tall. They don't have to, they have this magnetism and this energy. And I think that's why people are starting to get really hypercritical of influencers because so often, and it's usually actually pretty much the way it always is, if you see an influencer that's quite well known in real life, you're disappointed. 
If you see a celebrity in real life, you're like, yeah, you might be like, oh, Brad Pitt, sure, but you're still like, whoa. Like Tom Cruise, tiny, his energy literally smacks you in the face. So these people, these influencers and these, that's that's the, that's the kind, like don't get into it if you're, if you're not like that. I mean, you can, anyone can get into it, but that is something that I think is why people are really jostling with that understanding of who's a good influencer and why. And you don't want to meet someone in that space and be disappointed. You don't what was want- that phrase, influencer just? Influencers are just famous beggars, yeah. which is really nice. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That was a comment that someone put on my Mark Boris podcast and I was like, ooh, savage. And I mean, like, cool, whatever. You can say nasty things about every industry. I just think that influencers that are going to be really good and then are going to get somewhere, you know, like I, I, I want that. Like I want to see them and be a bit like starstruck because they are the accessible celebrities. That's yeah. my whole thing about that space that I love so much is like these are people that are born to be in this space. And so all these other people that are coming up that are like, you know, asking me, how do I be an influencer? Like don't be one if you have to ask that question. Exactly. If you're, so it's something that's like in you and it's a new space. So it's like, you you know, like I used to grow up wanting to be a celebrity. I used to grow up wanting to like, I aspired to be like a Julia Roberts and I think a lot of us did like a kid's growing up wanting to be like my kids look up to Mr Beast who's a YouTube star and it's like and that's great because I think he he's an incredible man and I think he's done really great things in that space and it's like is that going to happen like who are they looking up to and because you can't not everyone can be a celebrity it's literally for like not everyone can make movies and be a movie star and I think that influencers and those people I think that's why the word the word probably needs to change again it isn't for everyone it's not it shouldn't be for everyone. It's for the people that are influential. It's for the people who are at the top of their fucking game in fashion or food or beauty or skincare or whatever whatever it is, spiritual stuff, wellness stuff, and they're able to actually influence us to do things genuinely because that is what they are supposed to be doing. And that's where that whole space is really muddy because we're all a bit like, oh, I don't really know. Is she like, is she influential? She is influencing me, but is that because of this? It's really confusing. So it's just like that will, that will, I wish I had a, like, a really great solution to this. It's like, well, this is what's happening. But I do feel that that will start to evolve over the next few years a lot because mm-hmm. people are getting more savvy. People are getting more opinionated. Influencers are, you know, some are turning into more monetized scenarios of paid ads and paid content. Some are starting businesses. Some are just staying in content. Brands are looking at, like, it's like all of it's shifting. There's no, I don't have an answer as to where it's shifting to, but it's shifting greatly at the moment. And I think for the betterment of everyone absorbing people. But there are scenarios where it's not necessarily helping. Like nowadays on Instagram, you can buy the blue tick for like $10 a month or something I know, and I just got mine. I'm (laughs) so annoyed. I'm like, ah. No, everyone's going to be bought it, but you didn't. I loved it. I actually, it was really cool for, it doesn't do it anymore, but for the first few months that I had it, all my comments, if I commented on anyone's page, oh, it yeah, was the comment to the at top. the top. I was so cool. So like, you were up there with I, Kim. And- I, comment, I commented on um, Alex Cooper Call Her Daddy podcast and I still get likes for that comment because it sits at the fucking top of that post and I'm like, woo. Like, Made right. it. But like, that's like, but you can, you can buy that stuff now, which is only being trialed in Australia. Oh, that's really? actually not, and apparently Adam Masseri, CEO of Instagram said that they're not actually rolling it out in the States. It's not going to happen. They're just testing it. We're so just I don't, a little guinea pig. I don't know why they're testing it here. I don't know what their plan for testing it is. I'm not too sure, but they are always testing things. So it is a really exciting time to know, like, if you are... I think it's more, you know what? I think it's like, if you want to be an influencer, go for your life, whatever. If you're good, it'll, it'll happen. If you're not good, it won't happen. As a brand and a business, it's definitely a really challenging area to go... Like, what do I do here? Like, who do I pick? Do I do, like, do I go for influencers? Like, what am I doing? So, like, that's where it's really interesting and where it's kind of time critical, right? Because, like, if you've got a business, you can't just sit still and wait for Instagram to do some shit that's going to suit your business better. You've got to act now. Yeah. So, it's like, what are, like, what are we, what are we looking for? I'm in awe of, con- I like, people like Brian Boy and Leonie and Kiara more like they're like it's it's just incredible and they travel all the time and they're on the go and like they're it's like they that's their job now Mm. you know and they're so committed to it and it doesn't like I would never want to do it I don't know why people want to aspire to be an influencer because it's so much fucking work it's so hard and like you can even look at like if you look closer to home like I look at Rosalia Russian who I know quite well and 
she's gotten an amazing following and she's got beautiful style, a very chic. I've watched her style evolve in the last few years. And she is on the move a lot. Like she is working. Like she is traveling. She's like doing proper shoots all the time. She's up at 4.30 a.m. Like this is not, when you get to that level of wanting to turn it into more of a, like a monetized business as she's doing. And I actually, to be totally fair, when that started happening and she was doing paid ads, I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then I was like, well, you know what? It's her page. Like she can do whatever she wants Mm -hmm. and she kind of pulled back from giving too much of her personal stuff away and it's now moved into this full sort of like sponsored paid yeah and it's a it's it's work and it's really it's I'm really proud of her because she's hustled really hard to get there and she has Bulgari and um Kerastars and these big accounts but it is a lot of work because the free it's like kind of when you have a startup and the freedom of being an influencer and the freedom of working on your own once you get big accounts you got fucking deadlines you got people waiting on you to do a good job and if you don't, they're not going to pay you. Yeah, there's big money. There could be big money, but that comes big work. Like there's like a lot of work that comes with these. It's like this, like that's why the industry, like as a whole fashion, beauty, skincare, like turning their nose down at influencers, the big ones is so ridiculous because mm. they work very, very hard and they're deserving of it. That I think has shifted, but that took a really long time. And there's some really big influencers like Brian Boy that really had to work very, very hard to pave that way. And a lot of great bloggers gave up because it was too, it would have been, I mean, imagine going to like a fashion show and being invited with Valentino because you are a big influencer and then all the haughty, torty fashion people turning their nose down at you and just sitting there feeling like you're just ostracized at a thing that you're invited to. Like that's, like that's not fair. And they've had to work really hard to overcome that. So it's like they've earned their place. Yeah, well, speaking of influencers, bloggers who have put their yes. name on the map. Yes. Um, there's Elle Ferguson who who blew up when she had her blog. They, yes. What was that called? They, they all, all hate, hate us. us. So she was an original blogger and I. They All Hate Us was like literally one of my absolute favourite blogs. <laughs> and I used to follow Elle and Tash and Elle is just the quintessential beach Aussie girl, like Bondi, blonde hair, tanned all the time. And so she launched a tanning product business. And the that, Elle Yeah, the Elle Effect. And that is off the back of her blogging Instagram success which is a really that I love I love that um I think that I think that why not I think it's not for everyone in that space of content creation and Instagramming and influencing but I always want to say Instagramming because that's like my old brain because that's what we used to call them Instagrammers <laughs> um but like if you want to have a business and you and you want to work hard at it then like that's great and if you use your platform to get you there then that's fine and that's fantastic and good it's not for everyone like it's not the direct this is the thing with influencing. It's not a direct line to having your own business or a direct line to big brands. It's like going into it knowing like any business. It's like going in, being an influencer, you should be approaching it like you've got your own startup that's you and working very, very hard to open those doors for yourself. It's it's, it's going to be a lot of work. And so I really admire these women and men that have started businesses through their Instagram platforms because why not? Far out. Like I would do it if I was able to. Like it's great. Like you, like you got a big, you got a big base to start from. Like yeah. why would you not? Well, there's Sammy Robinson who has her her retail brand One Mile. One Mile, yeah. And she was sort of the face of it to begin with, but she's made a real point of taking a step back, taking the front, the back seat. Yes. So she's not so associated with the brand, and you know it is it is a. So that people take her brand seriously. Yeah, yeah. And that's so interesting because it's like what got her that brand in the first place in the sense of opening the doors and using that as her platform and kind of going, all right, I've got this big platform. What do I want to use it for? And going, well, I feel like I want to start this brand or this business. And then realizing that you kind of then it's like it's like you have to distance yourself from it and go, well, actually, I'm not attached to that anymore, Mm -hmm. which is so weird because it's like, like, why? Like, why? Like, why would you not? But that's a society kind of, I guess not accepting that that's like a fair and and okay way to have a brand if you have that platform and you get like it ends up being and it's like you know a lot of it's the media and it's it's like every article I'm sure that got printed was like you know blogger or Instagram or influencer or whatever it was about her and she was like I want to distance myself from this so that's like I think that's kind of sad but I also get it and I probably respect it even more because you are that aware of what's being directed at you as a business owner and you want to detach yourself from it you know yeah takes a lot of cutting your ego which 
I would say potentially the majority of people that want to be influencers or that are influencers have that real ego piece at the forefront and they can't really get rid of it. Sammy Robinson's an amazing example of like actually parking her ego at the door and saying, I want to do this. And there's got like I I really feel there'll be big things for her because of that attitude. I think that's an incredible attitude to have. She's willing to learn. She's willing to abandon everything about her platform to focus on that business. And that that's that's pretty rare, but probably actually really really important as well to park your ego at the door. Yeah, and she's realised this in hindsight. But there's Elaine Klin, Elin Klin, yeah, from Totem. So she's a orig- yeah. she was an original blogger who I used to follow for a really long time, and she started a business this is probably like a little bit of a like like an exception to the rule because I do feel that she was always inclined to go that way anyway Mm -hmm. Um, and she started her 10 which is an incredibly huge brand now and she I guess abandoned blogging and 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 doing that she wasn't an influencer at all because she would have got gotten rid of it before she even went into a business but launched this incredible business and that was really really actually cool to watch because she was just part of that Scandi kind of crowd of turning into a business. Um, huge business, huge business. I was actually really sad for myself because she stopped posting and I was like, aww. She'd like rarely post. And back then it was like you'd, you'd be waiting for a blog post from these people. And some some of them would just like go missing. There's a, quite a few bloggers that would just that just dropped off the radar because they just they didn't want to do it anymore. And that was that thing because it was kind of like, <gasps> It's like, Where'd but they go? what do you, I rely on this. And that's like, I guess a really interesting thing too, is the way we put this importance on these people in our lives to be there for us. You know, it's like, but I used to read that and that made me, and I used to get my outfits from that, or I used to rely on this. And it's like, you kind of almost feel like you are friends with them or you own a bit of them, like a little piece of them. You're like, well, you're actually my property. It's this weird gray area, which even back then with blogging, it was like very annoying when no one blogged and there was nowhere to know, like nowhere to know where they were. And it was like, oh, where did you go? Like, why are you, what's going on? Are you okay? And all the comments under like the post would be like, are you okay? You haven't posted? Crazy. Mm. Yeah. And so that's a really interesting thing. It's like you have this weird pseudo relationship with people. Even back then I did with bloggers, but especially with Instagram because it's more real life. It's more real time. You feel like you kind of own them in a way. And if they don't, you know, when I put up a Q&A about influencers, I got so I got quite a few people because I stupidly was like, oh, who's your bet like your most liked, like who do you like the most and who do you like the least? And so I got some really nasty least ones. Everyone loved the latter. And it's like really interesting because, you know, it's like we do expect a lot from these people that we follow and and we feel like they owe us and we feel like we own them in a way. And I get messages myself and I'm not anyone at all influential or an influencer at all like I'm not in that space but people will be like oh I've noticed that you have kind of acted differently and I don't like that can you not act that way and it's like or they'll tell me something about you know and it's just like initially you get really offended and you kind of feel like well who the fuck are you and then you're like well I get that because I also feel that too a bit like I I remember with people watching them like maybe change the way they were acting a bit or change their style or move into more sponsored posts and I'd be like oh what are you doing like you're so like you can't do that it's like they can do whatever the fuck they want like you can do whatever you want it's up to us as individuals to discern what is good and bad for us which is a whole other thing that you know is about you know I do this if I don't like someone that I'm following I either unfollow them or if I'm just like having a moment and I'm triggered by something about them I'll mute them for a while and then I'll bring them back around again like it's not their fault that I don't like what they're saying or I don't like what they're wearing or I don't like what they're posting. They don't owe me a single thing. You know, these people that have moved into whatever it is or if they collaborate with someone or, you know, it's it's sure it's it's another thing if someone has an opinion about something and they voice something very strongly and you can disagree with that. That's fine and okay and I get that and that's normal discourse and as long as it's done respectfully that's fine but to attack someone that or or feel you know vindicated by someone's decision making on a platform or the way they are as a person by like how they you know that that's just weird and it's not it's not the person's fault that's fault you know it's not like I feel it too I just know for me I go okay if I I need to not follow this person because I don't it's not 
it's like they can do whatever they want. But we're humans. It's human behavior to be very judgmental. Um, Instagram really has highlighted so much how judgmental and bitchy and toxic things are for us. And I think there's a lot of positivity to come out of that in the future and going forward, which is where I really hope all of this stuff is going, where it's like the more, you know, you do that work on yourself and you do the work, the more you can start to get very clear about, is this person actually... Like, am I following them because they like align with who I am? And I can see people so differently and why I followed them. And I was like, that's because it enabled me to think that way or feel that way or be that way. And if I'm triggered by someone, it's like, you know, I don't like someone's posts. I'm able to go, oh, that's because I'm actually probably jealous of what they're doing or yeah. why they're and doing that. And I think that. because Instagram has become so interactive, like you can do the polls, the Q&As, people sometimes forget that, you know, it's I'm a part of this person's life. I can just reply to their story and put my two cents in. Yeah, yeah. And I love that as well. Like I think that that's really healthy and I think that that's the community side of it that's really important. But it's such a grey area. Mm. So it's like, the boundaries are going to be crossed all the time back and forth so it's the only thing you can do as an individual whether you are an influencer whether you are a brand whether you are just a person absorbing content on social media is to have accountability for what serves you the most and the best and don't follow people that make you feel bad if you're a brand don't reach out to an influencer that's got a lot of followers that you actually don't really like or or want to work with but you think you should, that's not going to work. Like that's not going to be good for your brand in the long run at all, you know. And as an influencer, question, you know, why you're doing these things and does it sit right with you and do you want to pull back? Are you giving too much? And just being really honest with yourself and understanding who you are at a very core level. So, Well, with that being said, should we jump into our Q&A for the week? Yeah, Let's yes. Do Let's do it. Hey, Erin, do you think they really help? Not talking Kardashian level. If so, what is the best way to engage? Yeah, yeah. Look, absolutely. Like, definitely. I mean, we are influenced. We are, like, by everything around us, you know. Like, marketing is understanding the psychology. You know, it is like uh, – it's it's getting a customer – very simply getting a customer to buy your brand or your service. An influencer is just a mar- – it's just a marketing channel. So, absolutely, they're very important. Instagram's a huge platform. It's just understanding why you want to use them, how you want to use them, what timing of your brand – you know, all of these things. It's like there's no hard and fast rule of, like, when to engage an influencer and why and how much to pay them and how to do it and should I gift and should I ask for a sponsored post and should I pay for a post and this it's really just actually working out you know working backwards with your brand like if you're a startup you're not going to get the right people that you maybe want to get it's just not going to happen as a startup so you've got to find other ways to either get to them or other ways to build your brand organically so then you can use influencers you know it's like this is what people get so stuck and they just they'll look at like a brand that is doing or they'll look at like a big influencer that's that's you know posting all these brands and they're like how do I get there or they'll be looking at another brand that is using influencers going how do I get there and it's like it's not just gonna you're not gonna jump into being able to use an influencer you have to step through that process initially in terms of how much can you spend is your product actually going to be interesting it might be a good opportunity to look at you know what you're selling and why you're selling it and then who to reach out to off that it's sort of you know it's not it's just one marketing strategy influences and using influences it's not the be all and end all um and it's you know like I was talking to my hairdresser yesterday and he said that when he would have an influencer with 500,000 followers talk about him he got way less traction than someone with 20,000 and that's you know that's that's it's not always going to be that case but it's like for him that's what he's realized that works he then it has more organic growth. You know, it's like you just have to understand who you're reaching out to and 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 why. I think the why is so important with influencers. And just just like starting small, like starting with an easy little strategy because what you're going to learn. So if you like say, okay, I've got this product and I want to gift it, I'm going to gift it to 10 of these people and they're going to be small followers. See how that goes. You know, you've lost 10 pieces of like whatever it is, 10 products, and you're going to learn something. And you can apply that learning into your next marketing push. Like that's the whole way to do it. Everyone kind of wants to know like the heart, like like how do I just do this now and then that's my thing forever and I want to get to like 100 miles down the road immediately. And it's like, no, you're going to go 100 metres down the road and then you're going to have to go 50 metres back and then you might go like a kilometre down the road again and then 200 metres back. Like it's like two, it's literally two like. Two steps forward, one yeah, step Yeah, I just had a really fancy way of saying that. <laughs> um, but it is that, it is that. Question two. Hi, Erin. Um, my question is, if every influencer has their own brand, what will it mean for the real brands? I really like, I really like this one because 
it's basically what I was talking about. Like, what? Why is why is it not a real brand? You know, and I think that's the problem with this whole space is that people are just really judgmental about influencers starting a brand, and people say things like, "Oh, another celebrity skincare brand," and you know, and it's it's like there's all these this all this negativity around everyone doing different things in all their different spaces, and like stay in your lane. And it's like, well, what if someone wants to move lanes? Like they can. And I think you know, if an influencer you know wants to start a brand, and if their intentions are right and it's good, and there's and and there's people that want to buy it, then that's great. If it's not good, it's not going to work. And if it is good, it is going to work. And then that's great. Like, you know, it's like, why, why are we so triggered and vilified by influencers starting businesses? Like, because some of them are shit. Well, yeah, they are. Some are terrible. Some shouldn't. Some Sometimes it annoys me. Like I worked very hard at Triangle and some people got a real fucking easy leg up that it influences. But then who cares? That has nothing to do with me. Good for them. I'm going to stay in my own lane and I'm going to stay focused on what I want to do. You know, it's like... I would love it if an influencer started a great brand. I know that Martha Kay, I don't want to say her surname because I don't know how to pronounce it. She went on and on and on about doing, about not doing, but about finding the right underwear like a good year ago. And on this big hunt because there's no good underwear. I know this. I wear bonds every day. There is no good underwear. And if she started an underwear brand, I would fucking buy it because she's done her research. I've watched her do her research. Like I wouldn't be like, oh no, Martha's starting an underwear brand. I'd be like, where do I buy it? You know, like this, like there's, that's, a great like synergy and it makes sense and we shouldn't hate her just because she's an influencer and she's then not allowed to do anything else it's like ridiculous all right question three hey Erin what's one of the best ways that you've incorporated influencers into your brand um well I, I'm assuming that's triangle and uh well <laughs> every way <laughs> I mean tr- that, was, that was the entire our entire marketing budget was gifting and it was gifting to influencers a very very different time but we just we just did it that way and we nurture those relationships as well so that's something that's really important like we didn't see influencers back then as these like commodities we saw them as people as women that actually probably would have wanted a cool bikini and we wanted to actually know what they thought about the product as well we worked very hard at first and foremost building an organic relationship with these girls and women and then we kept gifting to them as a result of that so that's how we did it you know like you don't like treating an an influencer or anyone is just like a not a real person is kind of just not going to get the result that you want because you want that person to believe in what you're doing as well and buy into it. Question four. Hey, Erica. Why do you think we disengage with influencers once they make it and start blowing up? Erica. 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 It's a new one. That's that's actually my favourite question and I love that I'm – yeah, Erica. I get <laughs> Anne all the time on coffee cups. Anne, always. Never Erica though. Yeah, I mean, I th- this is, this is again, it's such, a, it's such an interesting and fantastic question. I mean, I guess if they start blowing up, they're going to then become – I mean, I know personally, right, I know that back when I had 5,000 and I'm talking me and I'm like not an influencer or anything, but in terms of like when you have like 2,000 followers versus now I have almost 20 and that's – woo, I feel like I don't even want to talk about this because I feel like a loser. But what I'm saying is that you do become a little more detached to what you're doing because you're getting a lot more comments, a lot more requests, a lot more messages. It's a lot more of an investment of time. Now, I would imagine that if you're someone that suddenly goes to 500,000 followers or 100,000 or 200,000, you are getting a lot of of stuff thrown at you firstly. So I think that we disengage because they have to disengage a little bit and mm-hmm. that's just kind of how it happens and that's just the lay of the land and that's what comes with success. Um, I also think that they will post less because they probably are getting busier. So whether they're doing more sponsored posts, whether they've started a business through their, their platform, whether they are you know doing collaborations, they're busier doing that side of it rather than sharing their real day-to-day life. Um, so I think it's that too. I also think it's a little bit of tall poppy syndrome and we don't really like when someone else succeeds to that level because it makes us feel inadequate like that's kind of you know I know that that's a really big feeling that happens for a lot of people um I used to have that a lot in my life if someone was like better than me or I still feel a little a bit of it now if I see like another founder that's done way better than me which a lot have I'm like and then I'm like no actually good for you that's my issue I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sit with that one so I think it's that too I think it's a bit of like we 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 don't really like when they get bigger than us yeah like you know people don't like like, you know it's it's just it's and it's very much human nature and it's okay to feel that way but it's also let's not let it turn into something toxic and if that's becoming a real bitchy problem for you then you probably need to go and do a little bit of work on yourself 
And lucky last question number five. Hey, Erin. My question to you is about influencers. So do you think that influencers are still relevant or do you think they're a thing of the past um, or do they still provide a powerful ROI? Yeah. I mean, what I've seen, and this is this is a really great, I'm not going to talk about this too much because we are going to do a part two <laughs> um, next week. I look... No, I mean, I mean, if you want to compare Triangle to now, their ROI on influencers is like a percent of what it used to be. And that's just the way that it is. You have to be smarter. You have to enter in a more clever way. You have to think outside the square or inside the square. And the reason why I say that is because you've got to think outside the square now, but it's actually reverting to more old school marketing think tactics. Think outside the triangle. Think outside the, yeah, <laughs> outside the triangle. Um, you, ha- you know, and it's there's definitely a place for influencers it is changing. I do feel that it is changing in a way that is going to maybe weed out a lot of the people that are not supposed to be in that space. It's just like any other job. It's not for everyone. It's a specific skill set. It's a specific requirement to have a few things lined up. And I think one of them that's really important is that you need to be influential if you're going to be an influencer. Mm -hmm. It's not enough just to be an influencer and to just put on a good fucking filter and some good lighting and say something silly and cut it up and edit it, which kind of sounds like this podcast, weirdly. (laughs) That's weird. Um, But I don't mean my podcast. Um, But it's another thing to be able to walk into a room, command that space, hold that space, you know, have integrity. I think that that is shifting and will continue to shift. I think it's a really exciting time. Um, And, you know, if you're triggered by that, then you're probably not meant to be an influencer. And if you're triggered by that as a brand, then you might be working with the wrong people. This is a great opportunity for change and growth and it's going to happen. And I see it happening um, more and more. And it's really, really exciting because we're going to then have really influential people, you know, to look up to and to inform us as opposed to all this weird I don't really know who and how and what are you and is this toxic for me and you know you like I find that we follow these people and I did it so much I don't anymore but you follow people that are really toxic it's kind of like that cool mean girl at school that you kind of are like it's like a frenemy that extends to social media like we follow these girls that are actually really fucking awful But like we can't, someone actually wrote about one of them and I'm not going to name her. And she said, I can't look away. And it's kind of that thing. It's like, you know, it's bad for you, but you kind of want to absorb it. That shit needs to stop because that's not good for you. Like you shouldn't be following anyone that is perpetuating some toxic pattern or behavior in your life. Like don't follow anyone that triggers you in any way. Don't follow them. Don't work with them. Don't be one. Don't follow one because that's where we're going to have that shift. So that real accountability over that's really important. I think it's going to really start to change the space. Yeah, totally. We'll get into that next week. I know we will. That's very, <laughs> I'm very excited about that one. I feel like it's going to be a big one. But um, anyway, but that's it. That's, that's it. it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this one. As always, please DM me, follow me on Instagram. Let me know what you thought. If you want me to talk about anything other than influencers or anything more about influencers, really. Um, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Bye.